What's up guys? In March, Ray Dalio famously came out saying, don't own bonds. Why would you buy bonds in a market with ridiculously low returns? Well, he's been saying this for over a year. And so the question is, what then do we invest in? Well, there were some absolutely great nuggets in his article in March. We'll be going through each of those key pieces in this video today in clean, easy to understand language. So you can use that to help decide on how you want to invest going forward. Hi guys, my name's James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox Podcast. We're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Guys, big news. Ray Dalio is anti-bonds and he's been on this case for a long time and the rhetoric is getting stronger. Why he is so anti-bonds is nuanced. There's a lot of detail there and I simplified all of that in another video which I brought out last week. So guys, go check that out if you haven't seen it already. But today's video is about, well, what do we invest in if we can't invest in bonds? Well, in his article in March, he went through some really clear, well, I say clear, some very specific recommendations. The trouble is, his language isn't always easy to understand for the everyday investor. So today's video goes into exactly what he's saying, what that means, and how we can apply that to our own investment journey. So in his conclusion statement, he has five key recommendations and two warnings. So let's take a look at it now. For these reasons, I believe a well-diversified portfolio of non-debt and non-dollar assets, along with a short cash position, is preferable to a traditional stock bond mix that is heavily skewed to US dollars. So let's jump into that first. There's a lot going on there. But the first thing is well-diversified. Guys, Ray Dalio espouses this normally and it is really fundamental investment advice. Diversify guys, because when we diversify, if one area of our portfolio goes down, it's okay because we have other areas. But it's really important that the areas that we invest in are non-correlated. That means that if one goes up or down, the other doesn't go up or down in lockstep. Ideally, we want things that are completely uncorrelated or is inversely correlated. So for example, people say that uh, when stocks go up, bonds often go down. Not always, but that can happen. Another where if you've got a difficult environment where stocks aren't doing well, well, people might move to safer assets like gold, for example. So when we invest in different assets, we diversify. Now that's good generally, but especially during times like now, because this is kind of a one in a lifetime situation right now, guys. We're at historically low yields for bonds uh, from the government, and that is having a massive impact within our economy and risks going forward. 
So we want to really protect ourselves because there could be massive shifts in certain asset groups. And if we're all invested in one area and that asset group plummets by 50, 70%, then we're going to be very stuck and our wealth is going to be very sad. So big, big recommendation. That is recommendation number one. So the second recommendation is owning non-debt assets. So that's effectively an asset that is not linked to a debt. So a debt asset is like a loan. If you're lending money to somebody, you're creating a debt on the other side. They have a debt to you. So a government bond is a debt, that'd be a debt asset. Or a corporate bond would be a debt asset. The problem there is because governments have pushed down interest rates super, super low, it means that the yield, the return on those loans are extremely low, not just in government bonds, but it's rippled down into all bonds, even corporate bonds. So if we are investing in those assets, we're getting a very low return for them. So for example, real estate, if we buy property, then we own it. We're not lending money to someone, we're buying and owning that asset outright. So even though the return on an asset is low, for a debt asset is low, that property is not related to that. In fact, the opposite, we can borrow money at a very low rate to buy property, leverage within that property, and then make an even higher return. Equity is another good example. When we buy equity, we're not lending money to someone, we're investing in the business itself. The third recommendation is own non-dollar assets. So this just means assets that don't devalue when the dollar devalues. A funny one, but essentially he's hinting that he's thinking that inflation is going up in the medium to long term. Because if, it's in, if the currency inflates, then that currency devalues. So then any asset that would devalue in that situation is bad. We lose money, right? So what could we invest in in those situations? Well, number one, commodities could be good. Because if the value of a money goes down, then the cost of things to buy with that money becomes more expensive, like commodities, raw materials. So they would go up relative to the value of those currencies. Second, we could look for safe havens where the total supply of that specific thing is restricted or limited. So gold, for example, if the value of a currency is escalating and it's getting worse, well gold, because you can't just suddenly print more gold, then gold will actually go up in value relative to that currency. The new kid on the block is cryptocurrency and in particular Bitcoin, because increasingly it is being viewed as the new gold. It's a storehold of wealth. If you believe in its longer term principles and that it's safe, but you could argue it's even better than gold because if there is a limited supply of crypto um, coins and specifically Bitcoin, but you can move it from place to place fairly easily because it's digital. It's not a physical asset that 
is heavy and cumbersome to transfer. Also, you can divide it into smaller pieces. You can store it huge amounts in a small area. So there's certain aspects of Bitcoin that you could argue is even better than gold. And as time goes on and the volatility of the value stabilizes and it becomes more well recognized, it is increasingly being recognized as certainly a contender to gold, but may even surpass it. Next is simply just other currencies. So if we feel that the dollar is going to devalue, let's move into another currency because relative to the dollar, it's going to go up in value. But we have to be careful which currencies because, hell, there's a lot of things that are going on in this world and they all affect currencies of all different countries. And it's not just the US are in this situation. The yen, the euro, the pound have all devalued um, or at risk of devaluing because of what's going on. So if we're going to move currencies into another area because of that, well, moving it into one of those other currencies wouldn't necessarily solve that situation. It depends on your overall view of where inflation is going to hit. Is it one currency? Is it multiple? Or is it all of them? Next, investing in stocks that make money in environments that are not related to the currency you think you're going to, is going to devalue. So if we're talking about dollars, right, you could have a company that operates in another area, say Asia, and is making money in Asia and therefore is making profits in a different currency that isn't devaluing, whereas the dollar is devaluing. Equally, we could invest in companies that are based in the US, but they make their money internationally all over the world in different countries with different currencies. So although they're making, although they're a US company, they're making money elsewhere, but then they convert it back to dollars and so therefore they're converting it into a cheaper asset, a cheaper currency, and making more money from that process. We talked about Asia. He actually specifically calls this out in his recommendation. He says he predicts that in Asia, well, emerging markets with a focus on Asia and references specifically China that will do well relative to other developed markets. I suspect that's because he believes it's the developed markets like the UK, Euro, Japan, the US that are printing huge amounts of money at risk of inflation and um, interest rates going up in the future. Well, in countries like Asia, like countries that are in Asia, just don't worry, I know that Asia isn't a country, <laughs> then they don't have that same risk. So investing in that particular area could do better. And that could be stocks in that country or it could be bonds. But we've got to be careful because when we invest in these other areas, they're much smaller relative to, say, the US, then you're getting a real concentration risk. Also, because it's emerging markets, there's opacity in what's going on there. Is there corruption? Is there dodgy tradings? Values could be manipulated. So we need to be careful if we invest in those areas. And if we do, we don't want to be investing in too big a way. Again, diversify is key. Lastly, 
real estate kind of fits into the safe haven area because when we print a lot of money, that money's got to go somewhere. And property is a great place for it to land because there's a kind of reliability with property. In the long, long run, it goes up and certainly at least with inflation and especially in the UK. Equally, it's a great inflationary asset because as inflation goes up, rents go up. The prices of property go up. So if inflation really escalates, then it's okay because the returns from that asset go up in lockstep with it. In lockstep with it. The fourth recommendation is short cash. What does short mean? It means to sell in this example. So to sell cash. So effectively what he's saying is reduce the amount of cash you have in your wealth. And in fact, actually go against it and do the opposite and borrow further money, i.e. if you're selling cash, it's like borrowing, right? You're borrowing money, borrowing cash from someone else to then invest it in other assets that are gonna go up more than the return within cash or bonds. He's actually famous for saying cash is trash. It's a strong, strong phrase and a lot of people have been debating it. It's very controversial, but essentially what he's saying is cash is rubbish. And the reason he's saying that is because you've got high, you've got inflation and cash uh, in the investor world is short-term government bonds, you know, three months max, you know, six months, that kind of thing. And the return on those are extremely low, like minuscule, 0.01%, nothing. And then when you take inflation, you're actually losing money by being in cash. So he's saying, get rid of your cash, own assets, they're gonna go up in value in a diversified way so that you're gonna make money from it. And in fact, if you can, borrow more money so you can invest even more. Now the conservative way to read this advice is to just minimize how much cash you have. So don't stockpile. A lot of people are very worried at the moment. The stock market's overvalued, bonds are awful. What can I invest in? Nothing. So people just stay on the sidelines and they keep their money in cash. But that's bad too, guys, because inflation, you're just gonna devalue your money. And then you're thinking, well, I'll wait until this or that, that's time in the market. And that is really, really difficult. In fact, the vast majority of people cannot do that. So what he's saying is just invest, diversify and invest so that you're in the market, you're building returns, but you're protected by diversifying across a number of things. But be careful, you don't wanna put yourself in too risky a position. If you are, have zero cash and you borrowed everything you possibly can, if things go down, emergency comes up, well, you're stuck. You don't want that. So make sure you still have some emergency reserves. You have the ability to deal with problems if they arise. You don't want to be forced to sell in difficult times because that is really bad. The people that really got hurt badly in, say, 2008, is those that had property, had stocks, and it crashed phenomenally, and they had to sell, they had to crystallize that big loss. Those that rode it out made great money in the long run. So the fifth recommendation is invest in emerging markets, specifically in Asia, and most noteworthy, China. 
We talked about this earlier in the video, but this is a big one for Ray. Ray is a massive proponent in China. He's got a lot of links there. He's got a lot of experience there. And, you know, he's very brave talking about it because in a world where China is viewed as controversial, like doing potentially dodgy things, people are particularly patriotic and nationalistic at the moment because of difficult situations, especially the US. So to kind of go out and say, you know what, China's doing great and it's inevitable that China will surpass the US and you know, you really want to be thinking about investing in China, you're kind of going against that US protectionist view. So very brave to say that. But I think I'd have to agree, it is a matter of time for China to surpass the US and become the next kind of superpower. When? We don't know. But what we are seeing is the starting elements of that. More and more money is flowing into China investing in its currency, its bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, investing in its markets, becoming a bigger share of rule. But it is still very small when it comes relative to the rest of the world's investments. The US stock market relative to the Chinese stock market is just, it's just an absolute mammoth relative to China. So Yes, it's worth thinking about looking at this area, but we want to be careful we don't overinvest in an area like this. Like I said before, China is still an emerging market. There is a lot of opacity. What's going on there? Is there corruption? The Chinese government is heavily involved in some really big publicly listed companies. You know, can we rely on good returns there that they are putting the shareholders first. Well, for a lot of those companies, they're not. They're putting China first and that infects returns. But needless to say, effectively, Ray Dalio is saying, in a good diversified portfolio, you want to be having an element there because there is the view that the returns there will be better than elsewhere in the medium to long term. Right, guys, that is the five recommendations. Now, there are two warnings. The first one is upcoming tax changes and we're already seeing that. In the US recently we had these big kind of declared tax increases in the US and so you know what he's kind of saying is that is just the start. So now more than ever it is important to understand tax make sure that you're minimizing the tax that you have. And if you're in a complicated situation, you really want an expert, at the minimum, an accountant. I've got an accountant, one of the best people in my life. They're worth their weight in gold because the thing with tax is if you don't get it, you can be hit really hard and you can be paying way more tax than you need to. But once you get to understand it, you can actually use it to your advantage and you can minimize your tax and, and you can construct your situation so that tax is supporting you rather than working against you. And in an environment where tax is looking to increase in the future, again, getting that early work now is really important. Also, certain countries may get really big tax changes, increases like the US. So there could be the view to move your money out of these environments now 
while the tax is still low into other jurisdictions where tax is higher. So if you're geographically mobile, then that could be an option for you. The second and final warning is capital controls. What he's saying is that, look, in these types of environments have happened in the poor before, often what happens is restrictions in where you can move your money. And it's done because we're in really difficult situations. The, the economy is really struggling. And so they're trying to protect money from leaving the economy. Because if you've got a devaluing currency, if inflation is escalating, if interest rates are all over the place, then what happens is people just don't want to be in your economy. They don't want to own your currency. They don't want to be living where you're living. And so they move. And so before that happens, governments often put rules around keeping you there, keeping your money where you are. So now might be a time to think about putting steps in place to protect against that. So again, if you're geographically mobile, you could move yourself, your money, you know, especially when you're kind of a really high net worth individual, this is big, you know, and they've got more mobility there. But look, if you're not in that situation, that's fine. It could just simply be about being mindful that this type of thing may well come in. The restrictions on say, being able to buy gold or crypto or a different currency could come in. And if you wanted to buy those areas, it's better to do that now and set those things up because it could be such that you can't in the future. And you may think, James, don't be ridiculous. That's never going to happen. But trust me, this has happened many times in the past and not just emerging markets in developed countries too. And when it does, it comes quick so that there is very little time for people to get around these measures. So guys, I hope you've enjoyed this video. We've got five recommendations and two warnings from Ray Dalio, specifically in reaction to him recommending you don't own bonds. I hope you've been able to take this in a very easy and understandable way, apply it to your own investment journey. If you've enjoyed this video, please do give me a like. It really helps with the algorithm and getting this video out to more people. If you wanna check out my future videos on this similar topic and others, please do subscribe. It will allow you to get notified of those future videos. Let's get a discussion in the comment section below. What do you think about this topic? I wanna to know what your thoughts are. Even if you don't agree, I would love to see that and I'll give you my thoughts back. That's all from me. I hope you've had a great week. and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.